Welcome, beautiful people, and thank you for joining us on Till the Wheels Fall Off, a podcast by Two Folk Couple. I'm Matt. And I'm Paige. And we're here to inspire others, to bring you guys into our lives and tell you a little bit about our journey. Over 20 years together, we've learned a few things. We're going to work toward being the best version of yourself possible. We're going to dig into building a positive mindset, discuss mental health, addiction recovery, improving fitness, building businesses, and insight into what it takes to navigate life today. Hello, beautiful people, and welcome back to Till the Wheels Fall Off, a podcast by Two Folk Couple. I'm Matt. And I'm Paige. And we're back here for episode two. And first of all, I want to thank everybody for the support that truthfully we did not see coming. Um, We had a lot more downloads than we expected, Mm -hmm. and we had more feedback and engagement. I just want to thank everybody that took the time to leave a review. Um, it, It it really helps other people who are in search of something like this find it because it moves up the ranking. So thank if you, you enjoy all so it, much. Yeah. Leave us a review. That's it's incredible. I'm never gonna make anyone do it, but man, that's awesome. Yeah. But there could be a sticker in it for you. Uh Paige, would you show those to the listeners? It's so too This doesn't translate well over podcast, but if you'll check it out on Instagram, you'll see uh we've got some awesome stickers that came in and uh Engage with us and we'll send you one. We'd love to. So uh, I've got a quote as we are going to start off today's episode talking about contentment and the things that lead to being discontent, some tactics for finding contentment. And uh, there's this quote by Mark Twain. I've got it written down at the office on my computer. I love it. He said, I've lived through some terrible things in my life. Some of them actually happened. Ooh. Does that sum up? a life of discontentment and anxiety like anything else. Uh, yeah. Freaking love that quote. I just he tried to it. tell me this quote when I would be having a panic attack and I'd tell him to basically shut up. That's but the <laughs> wrong thing to say to someone who's in the middle of a panic attack, by the way, is not go over well. But I love it now. It's amazing. It's it's greatness though. I remember the first time I ever read this, I was like, wow, it's the genius way to sum up the way that my brain works. Live through some terrible things in my life and some of them actually happened, you know? I've, I've also heard it put that uh, worrying is like torturing yourself twice, like yeah. once when it doesn't happen and then twice if it actually does. Mm-hmm. Like you get to live through the tragedy twice and it's just the stuff that we put ourselves through. But living contentment, we're going to try to focus this conversation in terms of the things that we do that lead to discontentment, okay. uh, ways to get out of discontentment. And what does it mean to be living content? Yeah. What does it look like for you? Yeah. So I think the simplest way we can start this conversation off is with the pursuit of stuff that produces happiness, temporary happiness, temporary happiness is a good way to preface that. So stuff, we think, we think that stuff and this, this is material stuff. It's Mm -hmm. also, um, let's say relationship stuff. If my relationship gets to be like theirs, maybe like that annoying twofold couple, <laughs> my relationship would only like theirs and I would be happy. If I only had the car that he drives, I'd be happy. If I had his job or if I had, if I had the perfect body. Yeah. If I, if I had, you know, her boobs or whatever it may be, like we think that this stuff is going to make us happy. Not my boobs. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing's wrong with them. What do you mean? They went from a D to a double A <laughs> in six months. 
Anyway. <laughs> yeah, weight loss takes away from the areas you don't want it to first, generally. I'm content with them right now. Content. There we Yay. go. Perfect. End of episode. That's that's <laughs> it for today. And anyway, so living contentment. It's sort of a, I don't know, I guess it's a kind of a highbrow topic. This is something that a lot of people may not quite get the hang of. And it's sort of tough to put into terms for the average person to understand. But let's just try to break it down in its simplest form. Let's just say that you want a car. And okay. you're convinced that for me, that car is... An Audi RS6 Avant. It is a 600 horsepower, all-wheel drive station, station wagon. Station wagon. Station wagon. Oh man! Oh, this is really funny, by the way. We'll we'll <laughs> we'll, we'll take a moment and <laughs> digress. So, my dream car has always been this car, but I love station wagons. Like, I'm the one percent of Americans that think station wagons are freaking awesome. Like, how how is it not cool? It's a car that also goes off road and it holds all your stuff it's like a van but shrunk it's so cool and they look dope no like you can carry stuff in them and anyway Paige that's thinks, okay Paige thinks it is just like the dumbest thing ever and she doesn't get it i'm fine with it whatever now the right? 600 horsepower one i might be okay with that okay. one okay well anyway i uh i text her i'm like hey i i, I got a car and i'm quiet about what it is at first and they they show up to deliver it and it's a station wagon <laughs> it's a station wagon i kid y'all. you not this handsome dude what drives a wagon so what okay let's so anyway keep going. <laughs> she's sitting there looking at it and i kid you not she, they pull up and she's sitting there looking at it like i just i just don't effing get it i just i just whatever it's 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 your car if it makes you happy whatever and just like walks back inside like but I'm sitting out there like a like a kid on Christmas morning. Like I cannot be more happy with my station wagon. I didn't get the 600 horsepower version, but I got a really cool one, and it's got plenty of pep and all the features I've ever wanted. It's a so. Wagon. Are you content with it? Beyond content, <laughs> but it's not going to keep me content forever. No, and that's that's the point of all of this conversation is that we think that if we get the car, if we get the shoes, if we get the the watch if we get the job if we get the girl if we only had those things and we'd be happy mm-hmm. it's not true no we're missing out on a big piece of life huge piece it's huge piece it's like the process of getting there external events produce happiness in short bursts mm-hmm. but they don't produce prolonged happiness and contentment no. like you'll even think think about a goal that you've had like i think that when we're teenagers we all have the goal of graduating from high school, right? Most of us anyway, maybe not all of us. I know there's some really successful dropouts, but for a lot of us, it's just generally speaking, let's say that graduating high school. Okay. If I, when I graduate high school, man, I'm set and you graduate high school. And what happens? A whole new set of expectations comes your way that you didn't even know existed. Now it's about what you're going to do in college and what you're going to major in. And then what internship you're going to get. And then, you know, where you're going to work and then marriage. becomes marriage and the kids and the two cars and the white picket fence. And it just never ends. And that's the pitfall of attaching your happiness and contentment to material things or external events that you think are going to produce happiness or the future. Yeah. It gets super tricky. It's a very slippery slope. And let's just say you've got a, a different type of goal. Let's say that you wanted to, I don't know, build a company, hire 10 people and, uh, you know, I don't know, a million dollars revenue, whatever it may be in your first five years. And let's say you do it. And in that moment, you'll be proud that you accomplished your goal, but 
it's fleeting and it's temporary. Mm -hmm. So there's a book that both of us have read and um, it's, is it change your thoughts, change your life? Yes. By Dwayne Dyer. Yes. I think it's Wayne Dyer. Wayne, Mm -hmm. Wayne Dyer. It's incredible. Anyway, it's a study of the Tao. It's like a modern interpretation of the Tao. And he says in there, um, essentially that there is no way to happiness, that happiness is the way. Repeat that page. There is no way to happiness. Happiness is the way. It's powerful. It it's is powerful. Profound. Yes. We we have to bring the happiness to the party. The ingredient comes from us. It's not coming from somewhere else. No. It's not coming. It's the essence of living content, though. Mm-hmm. And bringing happiness into all encounters, regardless of the outcomes. Yes. Regardless of the outcomes. So... One of the things that can derail contentment is expectations and these expectations we have for the people around us and for the way that our efforts should, I guess, show themselves. We we expect certain things. When you start a diet, you expect to lose weight. Yeah. You expect to be down 50 pounds. But for most people who haven't lost the weight, it's either that they haven't a worked hard enough or they haven't been doing it long enough. So it's either you haven't worked hard enough for long enough and they find themselves, you know, discouraged Discouraged. and then then they give up. Right. You know? So what are some things in in your life page? I'll ask you specifically, what are some signs of living discontent? I I should say that I think at this point in our lives, both of us have achieved a state of contentness. Yes, absolutely. That's the reason that we're sharing it with others. We wouldn't be talking to you guys if we weren't content ourselves. Right. But what are what are some things in, in your past that you look back on now and be like, wow, that was a sign that I was really discontent? Ooh, my anxiety. My That's high, high anxiety. Um, because what is anxiety? It's worrying about things that are out of our control. It's worrying about, um, it's fearing the future. And all we have is today. So I would constantly be discontent by worrying about things that I could not control. What was the source, do you think, of most of your anxiety? Is that is it that simple? Is that it? It was just a fear of the future? I would think so. I mean, I can't really, I don't know. I'm not sure. I mean, where's it coming from when you think about, I don't know, think about a panic attack you may have had. Was it always, was it external stuff? Like, is is uh, is the company going to explode and then we're not going to have a, a roof over our heads? Or is it? See, I was never discontent in that aspect. I always knew that we would be okay no matter what happened with us, if it was financial or if the house burned down or anything like that. Like that never made me worried, which is kind of odd for somebody with anxiety. Um, I've always really admired that about you too, because like Paige is not a, like a Beverly Hills trophy wife type. Like she doesn't care about stuff. Like I really don't. She does not care. Like. All the cool stuff she has is because <laughs> I, I shipped it to her <laughs> without her knowing. She's like, what's and in I'm, this box? I'm appreciative, but I can live very simple. Yeah, you really couldn't care less about what's on your feet or the clothes you're wearing or the brands or the, what you drive. Or Right. I feel like I could live either way. I could she live. used to drive a minivan. I did. That's I a loved, fact. I loved my minivan. I did. It was great for the kids. Um, Kind of like a wagon. No. Just saying. Your wagon doesn't have electric doors where you push a button and it just goes. But it has an electric hatch. Kids don't go through the hatch. They can and they love it. Okay. Off topic. Anyway. (laughs) So with my anxiety, I honestly never really remembered what, um, 
triggered it or what I was looking or what, okay. I was kind of a hypochondriac. I would put it that way. Oh man. I remember the ear thing. Yes. I had an ear thing. Oh my God. It's not funny, Matt. I had (laughs) panic attacks every day over this. Okay. See, this is what I live with y'all. This is what I live with, but I've learned how ridiculous it kind of was, but I had anxiety. I would have these weird feelings. I would be like, (laughs) You're dying. What an asshole. Y'all, she thought she had a brain tumor because her ear was like popping or something. Okay, I did. I went and I got my head checked. For real. Like legitimate. I legit had my head checked. Not by a therapist. I went and had a scan done to make sure there was nothing going on with What's funny is that, no, you went to your own appointments and tried to convince these people you were dying. I did. And then I was like, That was the disease though. I showed up at the appointment. I said, I need you to run every test that medicine offers here. He did. Because she's not telling you something. He did. She's suffering from panic attacks I was having all the time, a really, every day. I was having a really rough, rough time staying home with my kids, with my youngest, actually. He was very hard to deal with. And I think that still had a is. lot of... <laughs> love him still is. Love him, but oh, yeah, he's, he's a handful, but he's got a heart of gold. Um, but I think that's what was triggering. It was very hard for me to deal with him. And it would manifest in different ways. So it came out in my anxiety and it came out with me thinking something was wrong with me and I was put on medication and it helped me find my therapist and I learned how to live in contentment and get away from that anxiety. Yeah. For me, my, my signs of discontent were, I guess just as insidious, um, but more outward to the world. I, you know, the reason that, that I, drank and I used drugs for what was it 10 12 years because I was never content and the thing that I liked the most about alcohol and drugs is that there was a guarantee every time that I took the pill every time that I drank from the bottle I knew what I could get I knew what I was going to get it's control it was a right I was trying to control everything around me if I didn't like the way something was going I knew how to fix it. And sobriety is, if it's given me one thing at all, it's allowed me to experience emotions from the beginning all the way to the end, which allows growth. You don't grow if you're not doing that. And anxiety is very similar. Uh-huh. Is that once you allow yourself to go through that panic, like you've you've almost shorted yourself on really experiencing the emotion for what it was. Right. Was it just a feeling? They come and go. And they're just visitors, right? They're just visitors. They come, they go. Rather than than harking on them and and giving them validity by letting them take over your body, you know, you're, you have tools now for, for, for getting past that. But, yeah. but it, it, it all goes back to living contentment. So we started by talking about material things and how we think these things will produce happiness and, you know, kind of get off topic with the wagon and whatnot, but there's always something or some goal. There's, it never stops. Right. I think that I am not alone and that I was born with a disease of more, more, I need more. I need more of it. Whatever it is that makes me feel good, I need more of it. And I get addicted to that feeling of more. And so purchases are, you know, there are people out there who are addicted to shopping, right? gambling. Uh, it's all the same, drugs, alcohol. Because this, this, it gives you the high. You're feeding this instant gratification, this right. feeling, right? And it's the opposite of contentment. To be content, you really have to rearrange your priorities and, and adjust your expectations. Like the effort to work toward a goal is up to you, but the results of your effort, although they are responsibility, they are not up to you. Does that make sense? Yeah. 
Makes sense. So let's say weight loss, right? You've lost weight. You've lost a lot of weight. What were your expectations when you started it? Oh man, I thought I was going to lose like 50 pounds in two months. Right. So what happened the first month? What did you find yourself? You had worked so hard. I saw zero changes in my pictures. The scale barely moved and I was a little bit discouraged. It's easy to get discouraged, but do you remember the conversations that we had about all the positive changes that were taking place that weren't visible on the scale? Oh yeah. In your mind, in your self-esteem and living your purpose and doing something good for your body, there's a fulfillment that comes with doing things that are good for you or good for others Mm -hmm. that feed your, I guess your contentment gauge, right? Like you have a tank and you fill it up a little bit each time you work towards something like that and purchases and these external things we think are going to produce happiness. Just do the opposite. They, they, they take from it. Mm -hmm. they, they, They drain it. So, we, we, we both work in various ways, kind of in our own ways, honestly, of, of ensuring that we stay content. Yes. So for me, um, working with other people and living my purpose is what keeps me content. So I kind of have the type of personality that I don't really care anyway what other people think. Um, I love that about you. <laughs> she, she says she does, but she will also bring it up in a fight. And quickly throw that back in my face. So yeah, well, not sure I think we I all do that this, sometimes. But, but it, but it's true. So I don't care about people's opinions of me, unless we'll see. Okay, let me back up. So if you tell me you think that I'm a jerk, I would take that for a moment. I would process it. I would consider why you said it. <laughs> and if, if. If I did an honest inventory of myself and I found that I was a jerk, you would you would get an amends from me. Yes. And I would make an apology. You're right. I was wrong in that. This is true. But if I wasn't, my intentions were pure and my actions were right, then I don't really care that you were offended. I don't. It's That's your issue, not mine. Right. Same thing with my likes and dislikes, the taste of stuff. I, you know, whatever it may be, I've got my own style. I don't care what other people think about that. Truly, I don't. Like the wagon. But when it comes to... <laughs> who I am as a person, living contentment. I feed that part of my life through working with others. Yes. So my purpose, my unique ability is the ability to connect with people. It's to share a story that someone's experiencing and put it into words that, that draw them to wanting to be better, not be like me, but wanting to be a better version of themselves. Yes. And so every first, third and fifth Monday, you can find me in a treatment center with some of my close friends in recovery and we're sharing a message of our experience in recovery to people that are still suffering from alcoholism and, and, and drug addiction. You know, we're at treatment centers and we're up there for an hour. And then, you know, if you're lucky, you might get someone's number and you work through the 12 steps of Alcoholics Anonymous or Narcotics Anonymous, whatever 12 step out there, you, you, you work through the, the process of getting clean and sober. And in doing that, I get to remain sober that day. And I also get the fulfillment of having helped someone else. And that keeps me at peace with myself. That that lets me know that I'm doing something right. There's a feeling you get when you're packing into the stream of life, when you're doing something for good and not just good for me. Like I was told early on in my journey that if, if I'm the only one that benefits from a decision I make, it's probably a selfish decision. Mm-hmm. So if I have to really 
be honest with myself and my and myself and my, and my intentions about the decisions I make and the things that I'm doing. Is this really for me? Is this really, you know, to help others? And it's not always the easy thing to be selfless. You're a mother. <laughs> the most selfless job, the most unrecognized job in the world. You've got two, we have two beautiful kids and they're awesome, but they're such jerks to you. <laughs> such jerks to you. You, you, you keep them alive and in return you get disrespected and, you know, scoffed at and laughed at and, you know, told that you're an idiot and what do you know, mom and blah, blah, blah. But how do you keep it together and how do you know that you're doing the right thing in the face of adversity, in the face of someone telling you that you're everything you know you're not? How do you, how do you, how do you go about every morning getting your mind right? And what do you do throughout the day to, to, to ensure that you stay content and that you know that you're on the right path? Okay. Well, first of all, it takes practice and it doesn't happen overnight. So people need to realize that you can't automatically just change your brain and then you're just going to be completely content. What? You can't? You're telling me you can't just listen to one <laughs> podcast and just suddenly be fixed? It takes effort? Really? Yeah, Dang really. It. Oh, man. Anyway, so um, what really has helped with me is meditation. Um, it kind of helps me to get out of my head and it m makes me focus on breathing and just uh, staying present. And I think being present is very important to stay content. Um, I also like to acknowledge reality, which means that I s accept whatever's going on in the moment to make changes where it's needed but really look at the reality of a situation, not what other people are telling me or what social media is telling me. I have to look at the reality of what's going on right in front of my face. Um, we kind of get, you know, soaked into the social media aspect of how people are acting. And we're like, Oh, we need to be doing that too. I don't do that. I try to pause, take a step back and look at what's going on in front of my face in my personal life. Um, I also like to practice gratitude. I think that's very important. How do you practice gratitude? I will make lists. It's um, a great one. I love doing that too. I like to make a list of what I'm grateful for in this very moment. It could be anything like the couch that I'm sitting on. I mean, the roof over my head. All of our prayers with our kids are about gratitude and we thank God for what he's given us. Um, and we also, I also don't like to live in the past. I like to accept what has happened in the past and I move on. That's some good ones. I've, I've, I echo a lot of the same ones. I make gratitude lists. That's, that's a really good one. Meditation. I still do that. Um, for me, you know, service work, working with other people really helps keep me grounded and it keeps my ego in check and helps remind me that I'm not far away from being the person I used to be and that it's, it's not like you fix it forever. And it's, it's sort of, sort of a spectrum too. It's like you can come in and out of it at times, you know, and you have right. to reel yourself back in. It's not Absolutely. like you achieve this, this place and you're just stuck there forever. And then everything's perfect. It just doesn't work that way. We'll always go back to our old habits just a little bit and you reel it back in. And for me, living contentment also kind of goes hand in hand with not forcing things in life. Yes. Like I think about my track record of times when I have forced a situation. A lot of times it's been, some of it's been with purchases, but a lot of it's been in business, like forced my, like just through sheer will forced a deal to happen more often than not. Those deals end up being nightmares. Mm. 
absolute nightmares. And so over time, I started to listen to the still quiet voice and we all have this voice. It's like this inner voice. It's like your conscious, I guess. And it's, it's, it's the rational, I guess the prefrontal cortex. Mine is like my primal brain is so loud. Like my like want, want ego need brain is so loud and my prefrontal cortex is so quiet. It's like, think about the decision that you're making. Is this really in the best interest of you and your future? And I start to listen to the still quiet voice and I find myself not forcing things. Like we were, we were going to buy a business for the better part of a year. We had, we had worked on this thing and we had gotten it all set up and structured the company and had this purchase agreement worked up where the owner was going to own or finance some stuff. And, um, time after time, I found myself after conversations having to change the plan, change the course. And each time we talked, she would ask me, Paige would ask me, sounds like you're forcing this. What do you think? And I would come up with excuses. No, no, it's all good. It's going to be fine. It's going to be great. We got this under control. Yeah, it's going to be great. And like, she would just kind of roll her eyes and walk off. And like, I knew it in my heart that I was forcing it. And it turned out that the deal didn't happen. And we look at it now and I'm extremely grateful that it didn't one, because it gave us the opportunity to really focus on this. Right. It gave us the opportunity to focus on two folks. Something that we're passionate. Another about. is that the economics of that deal changed drastically and we would have been pretty screwed, screwed, pretty screwed. Yep. So it's, it's a blessing that it didn't happen. You know, some people will say that, you know, some people get this through prayer. Some people get this through meditation. There's a bunch of different ways to go about it, but listen to the still quiet voice in your head. And ask if this is truly in your best interest and ask what your intentions are. Are my intentions to be selfish? Are my intentions to, you know, better myself and others? Is it, you have to really just consider everything as you make decisions. Generally, if I'm the only one that benefits, it's not going to be the right decision. I also found that my brain is so broken that when in doubt, don't works. (laughs) Yes. When in doubt, don't like when I just, when I think of something and then I have, uh, you know, well, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know it's, if I should or not. Feeling. Don't. The answer yeah. is always don't. If right. I just do the opposite of what I think I should do, I find that I'm in pretty good shape. And that's just because I'm an egomaniac. I'm sorry, egomaniac with an inferiority complex. Like I'm not much, but I'm all I think about. You're so cute. I heard this guy tonight <laughs> at the treatment center speaking. His name's Tyler. He's a good friend of mine. He, uh, God, how did he put it? I don't want to butcher it, but he said, um, okay, enough about me, but let's talk about what you think about me now. <laughs> I was dying. I was like, yeah. Hey, how many times you've been talking and you're not listening to the word the other person's saying, you should think about what you're going to say next. Oh, that's a whole podcast, man. We, for, it's for, a whole episode. For me, that's I mean, also another sign of not living content. Like I know mm-hmm. that I'm, I'm off the beam whenever I'm starting to think about myself more and not thinking about others. You're not so, staying present. Yeah. So when I'm content, I'm at peace with where I'm at and where I'm headed. Yes. It doesn't mean... It doesn't mean I'm at the point like that I've arrived, but I'm at peace with the actions I'm taking day to day to get me where I want to be. Mm-hmm. Let's take, for instance, this business that we started. We don't have a million followers yet. We don't have a million dollars in revenue. We have very little right now. Right. But every single day we're doing something to work toward the goal and I'm content and I'm enjoying this journey so much. Absolutely. As opposed to being upset with myself for not being where I think I should be. Uh Well, here's the fact, whether you're trying to lose weight, whether you're trying to become a millionaire or, uh, you know, be some hotshot influencer, 
If you haven't done the work, you don't deserve it yet. You Boom. cannot be upset with results that you didn't get for work that you didn't do. Yep. And that is a sad fact. Come to Jesus moment here on two full couple podcast, but it's, <laughs> it's true. I, I can beat myself up all day about where I think I should be, but what I should be beating myself up about is why didn't I do this work? Yeah. Why didn't I put forth the effort? Right. The result isn't even up to me. Nope. It, you could do all the work and you still may not get where you want to be, which is why you should enjoy, enjoy the journey. Enjoy the journey. Exactly. Why not enjoy the journey? Right. Right. Yeah. So let's talk about this in a marriage. So there was a time in our relationship not that long ago where I was living in contentment and you weren't. Yes. And did you think this caused some problems in our relationship? Absolutely. It's kind of crazy. It was like oil and water for a while. Right. Right? Yeah. So I had started my my fitness journey probably eight years prior to Paige starting hers. So I'm experimenting with different diets. I'm um, working out in different ways. I'm doing all kinds of different stuff. And, and I'm happy with the journey. I'm happy with where I'm at. And I would come to the dinner table and she had cooked dinner or whatever it may be. And I would go get my like chicken and vegetables and she would sit down and see my plate and just start berating me. <laughs> like, yep. So pissed at me. I was that partner. Eat, eating all this bullshit. And like, you can't... don't like what I cook. I made this for you. Oh man. And then what was the other one you used to get me with all the time? Like, I can't stand it when you're on diets. I hate it when you're on diets. Yeah. What was that about? That was, what was my really problem. About, though? Right. That was my problem. That was me being discontent. That was me being, having a low self-esteem. That was me projecting myself. In Misery a, loves company. Yes, right? exactly. But here's what I didn't do. And this is, I think the, the important lesson here is I didn't fight back. Nope. And I never said, well, if you only did what I did, then you would be happy. I never did any of that. It was truly just a conversation of, I want this to be a process of attraction rather than promotion. I'm not going to promote this. When you're ready for this, it'll be great. So I'd make a joke about it and then we'd just kind of go on, you know? And, and, and I've apologized to him many, many and times. And I didn't even need then. the apology. And he didn't need it. I That's, was grateful to be part I of your love journey. That. I love that you just, you're like, I don't care. Yeah. I just, I wanted just, to support you when you were ready. I wasn't going to beat you up when you weren't. What's the point of that? Right. You know, like, you know, I love you. I'm here now, baby. <laughs> but this all boils down to our theme in the first episode of living authentically, living your true self and who you're supposed to be and who you're intended to be. I encourage everybody to truly think about what they look like without their mask. What mask are you wearing and what does it look like without one and what's underneath there? Who are you and what is your purpose? What is your unique ability? What is it that you think you offer the world that so few people can and work toward that? In that, you will find contentment. Your contentment lies just beyond your mask. Remove the mask, find contentment, find peace, find happiness, and then share it with others. That's the ultimate goal here. We're right here at 30 minutes, and I apologize if you heard our googly-eyed dog bouncing around the room. Uh, we have a dog you can see on uh, our Instagram page. Who does she look like? What's the name of the actor? Marty Feldman. Marty Feldman. Or Crazy Eyes from um, Mr. Deeds. This is the googliest eyed dog. She makes me laugh so much. Cracks me up. Keeps us laughing. So apologize if there's any background audio, but we did our best here in the studio. So that does it for this week. Uh, we'll be back next week with another topic. 
Thank you all again for being here with us. Please, if you can, share our posts, uh, review the podcast, make sure to write something in there, five stars if you loved it. If you didn't, tell us why. We'd love to get some feedback. Uh, Until next time, I am Matt. And I am Paige. And thanks for joining us. Bye.